Well, friends, fellow citizens of Disneyland, yesterday was the darkest day since Friday night, March 13th, when Disneyland, on their own, volunteered to close the gates of their theme parks. As we all know, time went on, and then it was mandatory to keep those gates closed. It looked like this past summer we were going to have a reopening date for the 65th anniversary, and then coronavirus started to build, started to spike. California pulled back on the reins. They were getting a little loose, being influenced by an overall national movement to get back to normal and to reopen. And in that looseness, the numbers went up. The state panicked, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I mean, at the end of the day, we are looking at public health, but everything in 2020 has become divisive. If you say wear a mask, well, you're a fool for suggesting such a thing. And if you believe coronavirus is real and a threat to public safety, then somehow you've been swayed by the Democrats who all they want to do is destroy our economy. Look, I keep Disneyland for designers completely political free in the podcast, but over on YouTube, these are the comments that are just punching me left and right, left and right. I try to steer clear down the middle, look at everything with an open mind, but friends, our country is broken <laughs> and our state is ripping opinions in half. So if you don't know what I'm alluding to yesterday, Disneyland finally got the guidelines that stated it would be near impossible to reopen Disneyland anytime soon to open major theme parks in California. You have to get to tier four, the yellow tier, which means that for every 100,000 citizens in your county, you can only have one person test positive. Uh, maybe someday, maybe one day we'll be there. But as of right now, we are far, far from that moment. So if you had any dreams of making it out to the park before 2020 ended, yesterday was the day that those dreams were smashed, crushed. Uh, I did a video covering all this in great detail over on YouTube. Many people um, appreciate the way that I talk about things in a 360 manner. Like, hey, this is why Disney feels the way they feel. This is why California feels the way they feel. This is the way I feel as a fan. And the comment section really just proves how destroyed America is right now. Which the reason why I keep bringing this up is the way that we get to yellow <laughs> And aside from having the park reopen, which I know everybody here wants to get in there so badly, but also wants to get in there in a safe manner, yellow represents getting past this moment in time. And when half the population thinks that it's a scam or a political stunt, which I would like to point out for, for that sector of society... It's fascinating that we've been able to get Europe and Asia and, and Russia and South America to go along with our political scam here in the U.S. Like absolutely fascinating that uh, American politics are, are strong enough to motivate literally how every single country is running their public health concerns globally. Fascinated by that one. But if you hear a, a frustration in my voice and if you hear me going down subject matters that I wouldn't go down is because right now, not only do I feel defeated that Disneyland is not going to be open for quite some time, I feel defeated in being an American 
I feel defeated to be in a Californian. Two things that I also have a lot of pride in. And part of that defeatedness is that a country that's this divided, where half of the people are living in one reality and half the people are living in the other one. And I'm not saying that my reality is the right one. I don't want to say that for a minute. I'm just living my life. Uh, paying attention to people that I admire, people that I think that are, are well-educated, uh, well-traveled, well-experienced through this thing that we call life. And I'm listening to their opinions and I sort of cut and paste what I want and put that into my own opinion. But when we're living in dual realities, but we should have one singular goal to come together as one people to combat this sickness, this this plague, this once in a 100 year spectacle that's where I've started to lose all hope because as long as we keep fighting each other there's no way for us to learn how to work together and I know 99% of you have never fought back and you're probably going down the same road that I'm going down but I bring this up because if you miss the parks like I do, and I'm assuming that you do, I mean, I don't know, maybe nobody misses it as much as me, but if you miss normalcy, being able to go do things with your, your kids and your family and your friends and be able to go outside without cloth on your face and, you know, to be able to make plans and say, oh, I, I can make it for Christmas dinner, you know, living your life without a question mark hanging out over the top of everything then you're probably frustrated like I am in that it almost seems impossible right now. It almost seems impossible that there's any way that everyone can come together and fight together and live under one narrative to try to resolve this problem. September 11th, 2001, 19 years ago, when those two buildings fell in New York City and plane went down in Pennsylvania and something happened in D.C., I'm still not sure what happened at the Pentagon. But when that happened, America was able to resolve together for one unified goal. Do you like taking your shoes off at the airport? Absolutely not. But you did it. And you did it because you could see the bigger picture of why we had to change the way that we lived to make our country safer. It was America against one formative enemy. And it is just sad to me that in my lifetime, in a quick 19 years, we can't decide on anything. In fact, me opening today's episode this way has probably made somebody already hit stop and they will never listen to my content before because I have some sort of an opinion outside of is, you know, a, a peppermint beignet better than a pumpkin spice beignet. Look, I love Disneyland. It is my passion. It is my hobby. It is where I go to count sheep as I fall asleep at night. I mean, mentally walk through the right gate and see how far you get. You, you'll always fall asleep by the time you get to the hub. But I am an evolved person. I mean, I do have a, a, a family and I, I'm a businessman and 
I, I worry about you, even though I've maybe never met you. Like, I believe in this thing called society. Call me crazy, but I believe in community. And, and call me absolutely insane, but to be a true citizen of Disneyland means that you have to care about others. You have to be able to display uh, behavior that shows that you're willing to help a, a mom with a stroller up a curb or up a set of stairs, even though you've never spoken to her and won't afterwards. Saying please and thank you isn't an extraordinary behavior. In my mind, it's expected. Calling somebody ma'am or sir, it's not to say I think that you're old. It's to say I respect you in the position that you have. And to say thank you to a cast member, I hope you have a nice day, is acknowledging that I understand that you have chosen a job that's not at the top of the pay scale, but rewards you emotionally. And that's why you're here living through this moment for me while you're performing the show that is called Disneyland for me, the guest. I think if you really believe in Walt's vision of what Disneyland is supposed to represent, then you would have to be outraged at this moment in time. We're just America. The IP that built the park no longer resembles what America used to be. We used to be able to work together. We used to be able to have our differences, but yet find resolve at the end of the day. And now it's just tribalism. My side, your side, get out of my way if you don't see it the way that I do. So the reason why I bring up all these things that I would never, ever, ever talk about on Disneyland for Designers is if you want to see the park reopen, you really have to start looking in the mirror and thinking, what can I do as one person to unify my community and my nation? Can I stop fighting with people that are different than me? Can I show love instead of anger? Can I work on my skills of having empathy? Can I maybe dig down a little bit deeper and try to be a little bit more of a model citizen to those around me? Can I lead by example? And ultimately, can I show people that I don't like living well is always the best revenge. I just say this because to get to the yellow tier, to get to a moment where California would consider letting the park reopen, a lot has to change. A lot has to change. And I think it all begins with many of us, including myself, changing our attitudes. How can I be more open-minded? How can I somehow extend an olive branch to people that are different than me? So in this opening, I haven't told anybody that they're wrong for feeling the way that they feel. I've only expressed who I am in saying that I can respect you for seeing things differently. I just hope that at some moment we can get past this rip in our society and start to heal and start once again to work together for a common goal. If you listen to the podcast, you know how much I love the park. You also know how much I pay attention to the news and how I cover the park. From what I learned yesterday, I would set my expectations on considering getting back into the park late spring. Back in August, I did a video predicting that it might actually be the 66th anniversary. That would be July 17th, 21, before the park reopened. 
And I don't feel like that is too far off. In fact, yesterday, unless something major changes, kind of only um, made me feel like my instincts on the timeline of where all this was going and where we were headed was, was wildly more accurate than I could have predicted when I was kind of looking at a rough sketch and guessing back in August. So... Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hate to open up a, a podcast this way. But if you know me, you know my brand is honesty. And even if you disagree with things I say, I would always hope that you can respect that I at least say what's on my mind. And, and I have this theory in all the content that I make. If you know I'm always being honest, then that means sometimes you'll hear me say some things that maybe rub you the wrong way. But when I'm telling you something that you love to hear me say, you can completely believe it because I'm never going to tell you that something's great that I think is a pile of shit. It just goes against every bit of my personality. I'm just not going to do it. So yeah, sometimes I can be a little bit like sandpaper, but Ultimately, at the end of the day, the reason why sandpaper is so rough, because if you work it enough times, it makes whatever it touches smooth as silk. That was a horrible, horrible analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. I just wanted to open up and sort of just vent a little bit. I saved this episode for this morning because I watched all the news go down yesterday and I was just going through the comment section and I was just thinking, oh my Lord, I'm seeing nothing here that is indicating that this version of society is willing to work together to get to yellow, right? To get to tier four, which is what we all need right now to get back to where we want to go. This episode uh, features Jared and myself. It We talk about fall and treats. We talk about inside of Disneyland, outside of Disneyland. Uh, I knew that this episode was going to be coming out in the middle of the week where uh, basically Rome would be burning. And so I wanted to make a nice distraction episode, two friends hanging out. Sorry that I had to open it up with such a downer. But once again, I mean, I wouldn't be doing my job if I pretended like this wasn't happening. And I hope for those of you that are continuing on this ride with me, you know that I will always work extra hard to try to bring you uh, what I believe is the most responsible version of reality and what I believe is happening and how I believe we can all act together to get the results that we want. So I'm going to skip the theme song. Let's just get right into it. Citizens of Disneyland. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for hearing me. And if you feel differently, by all means, let me know. Um, But if you give up on me and you say, you know what? You lost me when you start talking about politics. Then I say this to you. Goodbye. Because if you can't be my friend on the bad days, and this is a very bad day, then I don't want you to be my friend on the good days. Because I will always be there for you. And I could hope that you could do the same for me. Jared, I know that you're fearful of Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. That's why you never went to one. And I also know that if you're scared of Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party, there was no way you were going to go to Oogie Boogie's Halloween Bash. So am I correct in thinking that you finally feel safe one Halloween at Disneyland? <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we could, brother. Yeah. I wish we could. You know, 
it's um it's interesting times and we can just mm. leave it at that because everybody knows there's a thousand things that are making this a very interesting time in all of our lives in US history at the same time. Mm-hmm. But time moves on even though time sometimes over the last 7 months has felt really fast and really slow. Time does move on and we find ourselves in the second half of fall, less than 13 days to Halloween. And mm. I know that you are like me. You love the pageantry of the season change. And it's awesome that we now live in a time. I think it's awesome. Some people probably roll their eyes at it. But the commercialization of every holiday, in particular, Halloween into Thanksgiving, into the grand finale, which is, you know, Christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope it's a merry one. Uh, this is just the drumbeat of limited edition and just extra pageantry wherever you go you know like (laughs) my neighborhood turns into disneyland light because now houses that didn't have props in the front yard or lights adorning their their rooftops they now do so in a weird way everything starts to have a little bit of a Disney vibe to it. The local shopping district, the, the the shopping mall, the park, you know, everything gets adorned with a little bit more magic, which only means that Disney had to learn how to up their game and create even more magic on top of magic. So I wanted to talk to you as the king of treats. I really <laughs> wanted to get into your mind of past, present, and current ways that we can celebrate fall and make it feel somewhat familiar <laughs> yeah it's uh it's funny because so much of this is is based on my childhood uh and how that sort of carries through into my adulthood like absolutely everything in my life right i'm right <laughs> like, there with you brother right like started with star wars star wars has never gone away for me it's been there from day one so halloween is similar in, to that holidays in general this gets all lumped up in one big We've gotten past back to school. Yep. And the holiday season has begun with Halloween. And a great way to kick it off because it's all candy and craziness and stuff like that. But I will say, Halloween for me, um, as an adult, has become the sort of least celebrated of the holidays for me. But everywhere else in the world, it has picked up like crazy. Like you said, it's everywhere now. It's in the malls. It's in people decorating for homes. And I didn't have that as a kid. Like to me, it seemed like this was the, like a kid's holiday. We skipped right to it. You know, like it was just the night. It was like, now it feels like it starts in like late August. Oh right? yeah. 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 I mean, so, but that feels like a recent thing to me. Yeah. It, it has been a recent thing. And, and, you know, Disneyland didn't really get into celebrating Halloween until the mid 2000s. I believe 2006 mm-hmm. is the first time that they really start going aggressive with it. And if you think about it, Halloween has been building every year and it's gotten more and more celebrated and more and more commercialized with, you know, it used to be just a costume one night of the mm-hmm. year. And now it's like, well, your house needs to wear a costume and you need yeah. to buy this limited edition thing. And it's just all the crazy consumerism that has just fed what is the uh, American economy and, and, and symbiotic to that, the way of uh, American way of living, basically. You said something important, though. I always really enjoyed back to school. Did you, oh, you did. En- did you enjoy back to school time and like the shopping and fresh school supplies and the one time a year where your parents have no excuse other than to buy you some new clothes like were you, you seem like a guy that would get jazzed on back to school as well 
Uh, I did as I was older, like high school I was, because it was, you know, high school you start being more social and it, you're, you're kind of, you're doing your own thing and, um, you know, there's all these activities always planned yeah. for like, oh, the juniors, you're a junior this year. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, it was, it was always sad that it was the end of summer and now back to the, the thing. And, you know, you can tell by the, how I am now. I was like a nervous kid. So I'd be all nervous about starting a new, new teacher, new kids in your class. Oh, and you'd go look at like, our thing was they'd post the uh, classroom class lists at the school like a couple weeks before. So you'd ride your bike down to the school, look at the window and see who's your teacher, oh, who's wow. in your class and things like that. So that would be like, oh, good. Someone's in there that, you know, and things like that. So I would be a little anxious starting like the grammar school years. But um, no, I didn't get excited about like the list of stuff you had to buy. But back to school clothes, like, I, I don't know if kids are different now, which I'm assuming it is. We got, like, one outfit. You know, like, oh. we didn't get, like, a, a crap load of Dude. clothes or anything. We got, like, a new shirt and one pair of pants, like, two shirts and a pair of pants. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Mom and Dad Bricky weren't taking me to Rodeo Drive, right? Like, uh, this, is a, <laughs> this is a white trash kid in Kentucky who's going to Value yeah. City. Three pair of pants, five shirts. You better make it last till Christmas. You know what I mean? Like you you better make it go the long haul. And then there were the kids that got, you know, I would have done anything for a pair of vision streetwear, high tops or a pal Perelta crew neck hoodie. You know, I I love skateboard culture and all that stuff. And so when I would see the kids, their parents went the extra mile and bought them the things that they're fantasizing about. I'm like, what must that be like? But school supplies. I Mm. love I love stationery. I love new things, you know, like a new notebook, new pens, like a, a, maybe a new backpack per se. Like the the first two things I bought when I started working when I was 15, because I had big plans, the first thing I bought was a wallet. And if you think about how smart it is when a kid goes and buys a wallet with his first paycheck, I was already off to a good start. But then the second thing that I bought is I asked my dad, I'm like, can I please give you money and use your credit card? to buy over the phone an L.L. Bean book bag. I wanted a brand name book bag in the worst way, brother. And when I used my dad's credit card over the phone, first time I'd ever bought anything with a credit card, first time I'd ever bought anything over the phone, when I was telling the woman the credit card numbers, I started calling them like alpha characters. She's like, that's not an L. That's like a seven or something. I'm like, oh, sorry. Like I, like she's like, I called like a three and E or something. She's like, what are you talking about? There's gonna be no like those are all numbers, you idiot. Oh geez, LL Bean. Wow, well that's a uh, fancy. Why was that the thing at the moment? Like were kids all getting the LL Bean thing, or did you just find that yourself? Ever since an older girl gave me a copy of Less Than Zero. Oh my God. Written by Brett Easton Ellis. Probably Amazing. The only book I ever read. Uh, ever since the older senior who was way into alternative music, The Cure, The Smiths, you know, yeah. this, this chick Valerie was my entry point into culture. Um, nothing ever happened romantically. She was the senior that had a boyfriend that had already graduated. So it was right. purely, she was just my Sherpa of culture. Mm-hmm. She gave me that book, and then I always hung out with the rich kids. I always found a way 
like I read that book. I'm like, I, I got to hang out with rich kids. And so my friends, like literally my first girlfriend, her dad was a neurosurgeon and my dad was a truck driver. A little bit of social distance between us, but I had to get a cool book bag. So I bought the LL Bean book bag and I, I washed dishes at a yacht club because even my first oh my job gosh. was bougie. Um, you've never seen anybody who's tried harder to get away from where they came from. That's just like classic 80s movie, right? The poor kid working with the rich kids, you know, like, oh, that's hilarious. Jared, Not hilarious. That seems cruel. <laughs> no, no, it is hilarious because, Jared, I'm telling you this as honestly as I can. I was raised by TV, movies, and MTV. Literally, yeah. every decision I made was like, well, it worked on the Wonder Years. So it's good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. So you grew up in... Uh, Suburb- San Jose. Suburbia, California, right? Yeah. Yep. So if you watch something like Stranger Things, which mm-hmm. is set in Indiana, which technically is where I live, uh, does that re- does that resonate with a California kid, something like Stranger Things, like riding your bike through the woods and through the neighborhoods? Or does that not feel like a one-to-one ratio for how you were raised? No. Um, you know, there are aspects of it. And certainly because of the time period, you, you know, there are right. clothing. And, and we did ride our bikes everywhere like that, too. But uh, the, the setting itself seems otherworldly to me. Um, like, we didn't have forests or, or anything. Everything was, you know, streets and neighborhoods. and <laughs> oh. Like, there was no scary woods to go to or, or something like that. Or, the, like, there was no lake. We're going to go to the lake. Oh, that you was know, my life, dude. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally grew up on the banks of the Ohio River. And so our perimeters were... Don't go into the river because you'll die. Don't go past the woods on the edge of town because that's where town stops. Don't go past the the the, the riverside woods, like literally. And then don't go past Allison Lane. Like Allison Lane was the <laughs> only uh, urban destination that was in that perimeter where your parents like don't go outside of this square. And of course, I went everywhere. Uh, so then, lesson zero. Did that feel like uh, just another planet in the book? Like was this? Was this before the movie or, or after? It was before the. Well, I think it was before the movie, and um, well, I definitely read it way before I saw the movie. That was my first time I've ever been like, actually, the book does it a little bit differently. Well, a book's pretty different than yeah, <laughs> the movie. Yeah, um, it just was very informative. Here's the thing: I grew up watching MTV. Yeah, at a very young age. And MTV immediately gave me a portal of there's this place called California and this place called mm-hmm. New York City. And it's way different than this place called Kentuckiana, which is where Kentucky meets Indiana. And I just started to look at that as like, that's what I want to be. And then when I got into skateboarding and, and, mm-hmm. and punk rock and metal and, you know, I, I was literally a kid Saturday morning. Yo, MTV raps with Five Five Freddy. Midnight, mm-hmm. Headbangers Ball with Ricky Ratman. Sunday night, 120 minutes. Yes. That was the pyramid of culture that I was looking at. And that was way further than all the kids in my neighborhood driving Camaros and listening to Eddie Money. So mm-hmm. um, when I looked at all of this, it was like, there's got to be a different world for me. And then when this girl said, I'm like, I, I got to do a book report and I hate reading. I don't want to read a book. She's like, it's only because you've read books that suck. So she gave me this book. And let me tell you, I couldn't put it down. So then... When it was my turn to do my book report, I went up there and, you know, the kid before me was like, Paco found an eagle and he thought that the eagle would symbolize friendship, but he also didn't know <laughs> that the eagle would symbolize freedom. I love that book. Right. Now it's Bricky's turn. I go up there. I'm like, check it out. 
Guy goes away to college. When he comes back, his girlfriend is strung out on cocaine with his best friend. She's like, all right, Mark, you can sit down. I'm like, no, 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 but wait, it gets really, really good. She's like, no, 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 you, you can sit down. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Brad Easton Ellis. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. The same guy who writes American Psycho. Yeah. Very awful book. Yeah. Just a tough book. Yeah. But um, to me, when I think about uh, The Fall, there's just yeah. so many movies that convey that, like mm. you and your friends out on bicycles. Because I think a big part of The Fall and the celebration of Fall is it starts to become that night where... You know, your dad gets off early from work and mom and dad take you and maybe a neighbor kid or the neighbor's parents take you and a handful of kids around to the houses. But one of your big first personal freedoms is that mm-hmm. year where Halloween is you and your friends parentless. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on traditions of this time of year, my core nostalgia for Halloween is that freedom of of realizing like we can do this without parents we can dress like mm-hmm. punk rockers we can ride our bmx bikes and we can rule this crappy neighborhood for one night yep yeah and we're talking the 80s here so this is like when you turned eight <laughs> you know, it's not like you. you were super old going by yourself it was like no this <laughs> you're pretty young was, going by yourself it was right? probably 1984 like you probably go by yeah. yourself when you're like 10 uh, yeah, back yeah. in the safer days, which everybody thought were scary days back then. But to me, that's what it, it, it sort of symbolized. And one of the things I love about Disneyland Halloween is in many ways, it's kind of that same scavenger hunt of your neighborhood. Like, hmm. especially I'll speak right now to, to the locals. If you go to Disneyland, if you're blessed to go to Disneyland once a month, every two months, once a week, whatever your your routine was back in the old days. Um, it's your neighborhood, right? Disneyland is our neighborhood. We know Main mm-hmm. Street. We know Frontierland. You know, we're, we got to know Galaxy's Edge. We know the weird, you know, neighborhood across the street, DCA. We're like, eh. We live in houses. They live in apartments. So <laughs> it becomes your neighborhood, and you know it like the back of your hand. But then all of a sudden, it's Halloween. And every year, Disney tries to create something new. They're always trying to get the perfect blend of the holiday offerings. And then it's like being that kid on your BMX bike because you're just going through the park, just trying to see like, you know, what else is sprinkled in here. And then you end up in Frontierland and you're like, whoa, the Halloween tree. I need to make a wish under the Halloween tree. You know, and I just, I love that about this time of year at the park. That's kind of another thing with Disneyland, too, with the neighborhood uh, metaphor there, is that there is comes a time, and I, I know you didn't go to Disneyland when you were a kid, but um, there was that time when you were able to go in the, the theme parks and stuff like that by yourself. Oh, yeah. Like you, when you can run off from your parents oh, yeah. and say, okay, we'll just meet back here at a certain time. That's the same kind <laughs> of feeling of like... You're in this contained area. It's pretty safe. You've got like 20 bucks in your pocket, and oh. that actually back then was oh. fine. And <laughs> God, you're you can taking buy me whatever... Back crappy food you want you know if you wanted to eat candy for lunch you ate candy for lunch and it didn't matter for that day that that's to me was uh was a similar thing i hope that when life gets back to regular yeah that there's still like 13 year old girls falling around 15 year old boys at disneyland yeah and at some point they end up coming together and riding Pirates of the Caribbean together. Like, yeah. I just hope that that 
is happening in some universe that as a grown man, I'm very, very far and removed from, but I just hope (laughs) that that's still happening. So Jared, I shared with you sort of my nostalgia for the season. If you look at fall, the Halloween time of year, what is your big nostalgia for this time of year? Um, Gosh, you know, it's funny. We, we, I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of kids, which is great, right? Everyone lives close by. And I love that it's getting colder because I kind of hate the heat. Oh. <laughs> so I love that, like, you know, it starts getting darker a little earlier and, and cooler weather. And you can wear, like, long pants and, and fall stuff. So I think of that. But I do. It, it all centers around Halloween and, like, school and, and things like that. Like, I remember, for me, like, Halloween at school, we did this thing every year uh, at school you would um, go to school regular day, but everyone would go home for lunch. Oh wow! Everyone got sent home for lunch because everyone was neighbor, you know, neighborhood school. Everyone just kind of walked. It wasn't like bussing in people and stuff. You'd go, and then you'd get in your costume and come back for the Halloween parade for the second half of the day. Dude, my school <laughs> that would be logistically impossible. Yeah, <laughs> most schools now. That's too. crazy. Yeah. And so then the rest, you knew that when you were coming back, you're in this ridiculous costume and you knew the rest of the day was going to be a parade and a party and that was it. And then you go home and then eventually, you know, and this could be a Tuesday, you know, but then you knew that you were going to go trick or treating that night and you just couldn't wait because you had to wait till it got dark. You know, you ate dinner and you could care less about dinner that day. And um, so I, I think it all centered for me around Halloween. I think, I don't think there was much else fall because like in California, we didn't get a changing of the leaves. Or, there you know, is a change, like but it is ever so subtle versus the other half of the country. Like, I can see my breath now. Things aren't going in a good direction. Yeah. And even like this year, it stays pretty hot yeah. in October, right? Yeah. We're getting 100 degree days here. So, you, but every now and then you get it and it feels, it feels like, oh yeah, fall. That, that crisp evening. Love it. Um, but uh, other than that, it's like, I do remember, you know, it's all about trick-or-treating. It's all about, like, I remember wearing those awful plastic masks. Oh, and the... You know, like, your your earliest costume was just, <laughs> just a face and an advertisement for whatever it was on this plastic sheet you wore in front of you. So my stepmother was notoriously cheap. And she would sometimes kind of know what I was into, but she'd always find a way to destroy it. Like, she'd buy me a skateboard, but it was like the $10 skateboard that you do one trick on it, it breaks in half. So now I'm given the burden of making her feel bad because mm-hmm. she got me a toy instead of a real skateboard. And your dad's like, just ride it. I'm like, you don't understand. Like I'm a skateboarder. I'm going to drop in on the half pipe and kill myself and break this thing. And right. one of the early signs of her trying to do the right thing, but always finding a way to screw it up was at the end of the season, she bought a Halloween costume that was, still there because nobody wanted it. And then next year, she's like, here's your costume. And it was a Star Wars costume. Oh. But it was General Akbar. Uh, <laughs> Admiral. Admiral A- Akbar. Admiral Akbar. Um, that's, um, like, by today's standards, that's awesome. But, but it, back then... <laughs> but then it was, you're an idiot wearing that. And I remember that being the year, you know, it was just the, the mask with the two holes in it, the elastic band yep. and the plastic suit that you put over your own clothes, just a total sweat trap. And I remember right, that right. being the year like, I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. And I, I'm just, I won't do that. You know, cause Aww. when she bought it for me, I was probably like 11 or 12, but then that next yeah. year I'm like 12 or 13, you know, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Well, then you're not going to get another oh, costume. I was like, I'll make my own. 
Yeah. And I went as a punk rocker and I would go as a punk rocker every year. And then who knew later in life, I would just become a punk rocker. And now <laughs> covered in tattoos, I always find it funny when I see people like buy the shirt that like gives them sleeves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. you see, you know, the, the cool lawyer guy and he's got his tattoos out. And I'm like, it's funny that your version of Halloween is me on a random Tuesday. Like, I just <laughs> love that. Oh, did you have a favorite costume as a kid like one that you remember or was yes. it all kind of like yeah oh, yes. here we go. so when I was with my real mom uh, who was highly irresponsible but at least cool you know yeah my mom was cool but not a good mom um, she dressed me up as Gene Simmons and there you go I have a photo of me with aluminum foil from my wrist to my elbow and aluminum foil over my cowboy boots and I have the wig on. Like, I literally looked like, you know, three-foot Gene Simmons. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. But then once the stepmom came in, the Halloween business was was not a good look until I liberated myself to get into the skin of being a punk rocker, which, you know, in Southern California, like, everybody looks like a punk rocker, so. That's a big step, though. When you make your own costume, when you take that yeah. that jump to, like, the authentic costume, not, like, the store-bought one, that's a big that's a big step. And finding your identity. <laughs> and due to things, going back to MTV, like Todd Oldham's House of Style, you start to get tips on how to make your own costume. <laughs> <laughs> you really were MTV, weren't oh, you? Oh, you, you have yeah. no idea, brother. MTV was my older uncle, my dad, my mom, and my sister and brother. So what's funny is that it can never be the same again with MTV, right? No. Like, so I, I know it's baffling to this generation because it seems like it's just about Teen Moms and oh, I mean, I watch like every, now, right? I watch every version of Teen Mom that has ever been put out, whether it's on MTV right. or TLC. I love pregnant teenagers. <laughs> That's fantastic tagline of the show, but. Um, to, to not know how important MTV was back then, how you, it was like the radio on TV, you had to wait to see these videos and you couldn't oh. just go pop them on and, you know, see whatever you want, whenever you wanted and watch it on your phone. Like it was your source of information. back. It's like watching the news for an adult. Like kids are like watching Kurt Loder <laughs> to oh. get all your information. And, uh, it's so different, oh. right? but it was exciting. I love that it was so contained to that. And then VH1. Oh, that's for older people. That's yeah, not that, us. That's for, you know? that's for yuppies that have apartments um, <laughs> or condos. Condos were big. Here, here's the thing. Friday at, I believe it was 7 p.m., mm. Kurt Loder hosted The Week in Rock, which was a 30-minute mm-hmm. news show on MTV. Yeah. That became my ritual. I would literally watch that every Friday at seven and then the weekend had begun. Like I loved it. And I remember the first time I got a job where I'm like, Oh, I got a job and now I can't watch. <laughs> I, like the job was over, like washing dishes on Friday night was overlapping with a lot of things, but most importantly, Friday nights with Kurt Loder. And, um, it's it just weird how something like that would define so much of your life. And now as an adult, when you find things that found that, that, that are familiar to that, it, it's so comforting. And I think in many ways, one of the reasons why I was so attracted to Disneyland is Disneyland is that little city inside of the TV. Like it is the stage mm-hmm. design inside of a movie that you love and having the freedom to be able to go there and to go into what is designed to look like a mm-hmm. perfect version of reality. I do believe that is where a lot of my affinity for the park grew because I've watched these Christmas movies my entire life. I've yet to really go to a city that felt like I was stepping inside one of these movies. You step mm-hmm. on Main Street USA, 
anytime after the first week in November and you feel like you're transformed on the other side of that glass or, or up yeah. on the, the movie screen. So I really feel that has a lot to do with it. But I do know that you are the treat master general. Mm. And so I have to ask you, inside of Disneyland and not, when you go back into this time period for you, what are some of the treats that you reward yourself with to say, I've made it to another fall. I've made it to another season. <laughs> uh, so I am big on the pumpkin spice stuff. And again, this is a recent phenomenon, right? Yeah. Where it's this insane. Um, but I've always liked the stuff. It's just that it's become a mania in the past few years. So anything with the pumpkin spice, and it really is just the spice, right? It's not pumpkin itself. It's just whatever, nutmeg, cinnamon, and, and whatever. That that goes crazy. So I've like pumpkin pie is my favorite pie. Um, I just had a pumpkin pie the other night. Like a whole you've already had a pie pumpkin pie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow, <laughs> you're cool. So like um, I used to be a waiter at Marie Callender's, uh, and I used to eat a piece of pumpkin pie like every night. Yep. Do you like the pumpkin That's- pie with whipped cream on it, or just absolutely? Yeah. But that- I'll take it without it, but uh, definitely need the whipped cream. The more, the better. So, um, so that's kind of, and it's funny because pumpkin pie is kind of available year round, basically. But I never eat it year round. No, like I've never had pumpkin pie in the summer. Pumpkin but- pie in February would feel like a crime, <laughs> like a literally like a crime against society. Now, my favorite pie any other time of the year is I love a pecan pie. Oh, okay, love it so much. But was that a growing up thing or, or yeah, it's a southern like thing? Own. But I mean, yeah, you know, that that molasses that sits underneath the pecans is like that goo. Oh my yeah. god, it's great! But this time of year, a slice of pumpkin pie will just it'll get you in the right spot. And it, you know, it's kind of sweet, kind of spicy, you know, it's it, yeah, it, it's kind of a little bit of everything. But you're right, the pumpkin spicing everything has become a, a very like 2000 and Five two thousand and ten onward yeah. thing, Starbucks. I think it's Starbucks. <laughs> so, pumpkin, nitro, cold cream foam. There you go. You have that. I ha- I haven't had that. No. Oh, dude, sounds amazing. It is phenomenal. So it's a cup of nitro mm-hmm. coffee. Which the nitro when they put the nitrogen in there when it pumps out. It already makes it kind of foamy. It kind of gives it yeah. like a, a foam top. They put a couple pumps of vanilla in there, which I typically don't get. And then they put a foam top on it. And that foam has a pumpkin spice juice, you know, injected in it. Mm-hmm. And then over the mm-hmm. top, there is the pumpkin spice, like, you know, sprinkles. Yeah. Bro, you drink one of those. It's like drinking a jack-o'-lantern. Like, it is yeah. so good. <laughs> See, so that's great because that bleeds into Thanksgiving and then Christmas goes more gingerbready, but still in that same kind of spice family. So, um, but other than that, like, I don't, I, I don't think there's anything I'm super nostalgic for. I mean, there are things that are kind of gone now uh, or still available, but I don't get them as an adult. Like, do you remember Rapples? No. What's that? It's a, it was a big disc of caramel and then you put it over the apple and then you put it in the oven for like a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> it's just this big caramel like sticker looking thing that you put on like I remember that was one of the things we did when we were little okay real talk real talk you're you're yeah. treat master general mm. have you ever had a candy apple at a Disney park 
<laughs> I was gifted like a set of four of them, which is ridiculous. It was like my birthday and I was doing a signing and they gave me a box of like the candied apples. That was the most I've ever eaten. I don't think I've ever just bought one though. Like, cause I, it's hard to eat walking around. It's a big mess, but uh, they were very good. Um, and I tend to want to just eat the topping and then kind of ditch the apple. Once you get to the fruit, you're like, all right, all right, I've had enough of this. I've gone too far. The contrast is good. But once that other stuff is gone, it's just an apple. So this has <laughs> always been my take. I'm like, the yeah. craftsmanship on them is outstanding. Yes, for sure. Just what a work of art they are. But walking around with an mm-hmm. apple on a stick and then having a beard, I'm going to just dip. Oh. I'm just going to throw my face into caramel or caramel. I yeah. don't know what it's called. Like, I'm going to just keep throwing my face, like go face first into sticky things and then have like little yep. nuts and an M&M hanging off my face. Like, I'm going to look <laughs> like a full on idiot, which is not too hard for me to do. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing ever. I'm like, they keep making them and nobody's buying them. I don't ever see anybody walk around just dogging one. <laughs> And then somebody told me, like, yo, Bricky, you idiot. When you buy one, they go, would you like for us to slice it? Yeah. And they will slice it for you. And then you can go mm-hmm. over to a table and eat it with a fork. And I was telling myself, Bricky, this is the year you get a candy apple during Halloween. Well, that plan's been no. put on hold. Very sad. Very sad. Yes, I did know that that they will cut. There, there are just so many offerings at Disneyland. Like, it's just so low on my list. To you could down. slide for a long time before you have to get to a candy apple, right? I'd, I'd take a picture of it and then post it on Instagram and then probably not eat the apple. Oh, you know? like when you and I went to Black Tap for the first time? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, when we bought a milkshake yeah, so- that we were literally staring at each other like, all right, so we've taken the photos. Now, how do we? how do we eat this thing? There's a cake on top of a milkshake, yeah. Being cake blocked. Um, did, did you have food growing up that was uh, tradition, like you know, a tradition for you to eat at at fall? I mean, you know, fall living in a place where the yeah. climate does change, you know, pots of chili start getting mm-hmm. made. You know, you just start eating more stuff out of the oven because the house is comfort food. Yeah, yeah, the house isn't so hot anymore. And you know, there's also like when you're around family members that hunt. You know, all of a sudden you're eating food one night. And you're like, are you sure these are pork chops? And you know, they're lying to you. <laughs> yeah. You're eating like, you know, deer or, you know, I am from boar. I am from Kentucky. I have had both rabbit, squirrel, mm-hmm. uh, and turtle. Turtle. Yeah. But that's kind of a thing. Turtle. Turtle right? soup. Squirrel. Yeah. Turtle soup. Yeah. Which is pretty extravagant, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would pass well, on the turtle soup. When your parents put the food down and you're not allowed to pass, you, oh no, no, no! Yes. You just fight yes. through the bowl of turtle soup and go, all right. But you know, some weird sort of exotic foods like that when like hunting season, you know, because they got to thin out the herd so that the deer can make it through the season. So that's when deer hunting and stuff goes wild. But um, uh, for me, it was largely candy, you know, mm-hmm. because. Lots of it, yeah. And, you know, certain candies, like candy corn just used to be this exotic thing that just showed up. And I, for whatever reason, I'm not a big pastel candy guy, but I I can do some damage with candy corn. I kind of like it. Really? Have you mixed it with uh, peanuts? No. It's really good. Like you you mix them together and so you get that sweet and salty and it really cuts because that is some sweet candy. That's all just sugar, right? It's pure sugar held together. Uh, But if you mix it in with that, it's really good. That's, I would recommend that. 
they even sell it now as a little package if you can find it. Do you remember when you would comb through your trick or treat bag? Of course. What were the items that you were trying to pull out? Like what, you're going through there and you're digging and you're like, bit of honey, get out of here. Tootsie Row, go out of here. But what were some of the things you're like, you're just combing through to hope to find them? It's funny because we, you know, we actually ate a lot of candy as kids. Like it wasn't a big thing, like, um, you know, only on special occasions or treats. We, we did get candy quite a bit, oh, wow. but because this was like your candy, Humble you know, <laughs> but there was something about it that you had so much of it and it was yours and you can kind of eat it when you, you could keep it in your room. Oh if my you God, you were allowed to then, keep it in your room. I'm so jealous. Yep. In a, like a, in a bag or we had those plastic pumpkins. Yeah. So yeah. It was pretty good. Um, it was for some reason Snickers was the top of the heap. For, for even though it's nothing special, that was the one. And then it like you know trailed down from there. It's so like maybe M and M's, Milky Way, eh, Three Musketeers. Bleh, give that to Dad. Um, and and we didn't have as much of the gummy sour stuff as they do now, which the kids seem to like that more than than chocolate. So it was really about the chocolate back then. And then you get that off-brand crap or like uh, things that were just like. Um, you know, or people would give you stuff like a toothbrush or like a get out of here, <laughs> you know, pennies. Get out of here. I mean, pennies. Yeah, like yeah. if you if you're getting a toothbrush, that means you live in a neighborhood that's nice enough where you have a neighbor who's a dentist. And let me tell you, my exactly. neighborhood, nobody even went to the dentist, much less <laughs> did one live in my neighborhood. Uh, to anything that was milk chocolate, mm-hmm. you just like all right, that's mine. Get the hell out of here. Right. That's mine. Um, Prime. I loved bottle caps. Ah, uh, yes. That was a good true. one. Because it was, it was kind of big, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know how there's some candies that just scale old folks? Yes, yes. You know, like, one of the things I miss about living in a place where I have no family is just like, I just don't go to somebody's house. I'm like, oh, there's always a big bowl of butterscotch waiting for mm-hmm. me when I'm on top of the piano that nobody's played in 20 years. Yeah. My yeah. grandmother... um Love. This is an odd choice. My Momo, who I absolutely adored, Momo, Momo loved circus peanuts. Oh gosh, that's like my big dad. Ah, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. And to make it even worse, she loved to eat them without her teeth in. Oh, oh, there you go. That explains. <laughs> it was awesome to watch. It was awesome to watch. <laughs> what an odd candy. I, I don't think there's a stranger candy out there. Like we're gonna shape it like a peanut, make it orange like unnaturally orange and then like foam yeah but it's a peanut like packing peanut maybe but real peanut yeah it's it's an odd choice as you get older and you become an artist you kind of feel like were those made out of like resin like it looks like if you and i were going to make a millennium falcon for a a new project called star wars it would look like the foam that we would like cast all of our parts in and somebody's like i don't know shape it like a peanut old people will buy it it's like when they, in construction, when they have to like wedge out a hole and then they spray in that stuff that hardens, yeah. you know, just to fill in that gap. It's exactly like that, right? It's all like grainy and ugh, how, the worst. How smart was it to make E.T. overlap with Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's, you wouldn't say it's a Halloween movie. Right. But when you watch it, it like nails the nostalgia of you know, trick-or-treating 80s Halloween and also yeah it's very California you know like yes. I've definitely been in neighborhoods I'm like well this is an E.T. neighborhood and yeah I, I don't know if I've ever given you my theory on how I think E.T. is the the most prime property in Hollywood 
to either make a prequel or a sequel for. Right. No, I have not heard. I'll give you. I'll give you a quick elevator pitch. Okay. If we go prequel, which people love to do, who is ET? Where did he come from? And how did he get to Earth? That's a whole insane story all on its own that could go as adult or as youth as you want to. Like, right? Like, it literally ends with him in the woods meeting Elliot. And like, I understand it now. But the movie I think that's even better to make is make a movie about adult Elliot and how meeting E.T. wrecked his life. Because he saw things that nobody believes, nobody understands. He's traumatized from letting his best friend go, the division that it did to his family. He can't trust his brother anymore. Like, literally, it would start out with just, like, Elliot walking down, like, you know, Santa Monica Boulevard, just like all, you know, or in Venice Beach. We'll put him in Venice Beach on like Lincoln, and he's just a, <laughs> a broken guy, you know. And he's going down. He's like looking for like half smoked cigarettes, like just like show how it just broke poor Elliot in half. And then when E.T. comes back, it's finally like a redemption moment. It's like I told you all, he was real. Like I would love to make that movie. That's fantastic. Like what a what a perfect metaphor though to to have a child star be back in cuz that's that's perfect for that, right? Yeah. Like he had this experience, it destroyed him for the rest of his life. It defined him for the rest of yeah. his life. Yeah, yeah, and then, then, yeah. So I picture it like a, he's got it. It's maybe through his kids' eyes, right? He goes to visit his crazy dad, uh, you know, who can't let this go. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then yeah, finally, yeah. Drew Barrymore can be in it again. And- oh my God, Gertie! <laughs> oh my God, Gertie! I have been in love with Drew Barrymore my entire life. Entire oh life. My gosh. That's perfectly nineties. Love fantastic. her so much, and we're literally only like a month apart. So you know, it's, ah, it's perfect. It's fine for me to refer to her as the hot chicken ET. I would say. When you were saying that about the E.T. Uh, Halloween scene, that's that's my California kind of feel. I, f- I, could, I was imagining that. It feels like that. Very neighborhoody, you know, yeah. um, a, a mixed crowd like that. But then uh, also Poltergeist, the Poltergeist neighborhood, oh, okay. which is a very similar neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, it feels like that. Yeah. For me, um, I would say Stranger Things is probably the most accurate depiction of what it looked like. Like what, Mm -hmm. you know, because we lived in a neighborhood that was somewhat urbanized, but, you know, it was like a suburb. It was basically they built three neighborhoods on the outskirts of town Mm -hmm. and one was more poor and deprived than the other one. And so, but all three of the neighborhoods kind of had their own style and their own beef. And so like you could go from house to house, but then you would get on your BMX bike to go through the scary woods to get over because I'm from, Uh. I'm trash from Riverside. And so if you wanted to go to even trashier people you would go through the woods and end up in Capitol Hills and then the rich kids lived in Oak Park and so you know Uh you'd go to these different boroughs and you know we were just like the scrubby kids from Riverside and but you knew that if you went to Oak Park and every kid did there was people that gave out full-size chocolate bars which were just like the most urban legend ever that there's a guy over there you can get a full-size Snickers bar like I will ride this bike all night to get that 99 cent full-size Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. Funny how that becomes such a, a thing. Such such currency when you're when you're that age. It matters then. So as we're both grown men who obviously uh, don't trick or treat, uh, I mm-hmm. live on a dead-end street. You are a apartment liver, so you know we're not really mm-hmm. uh, putting buckets of candy out for the kids. And our beloved Disneyland uh, happens to be closed this Halloween. I think they're putting in a new ride or something. Uh, mm. What 
would you advise to us? What are some of the treats that have caught your fancy this fall season so we can still make fall 2020 worth living? Huh. You know, it's so funny. I'm in such a different mode this year. It's hard for me to... Your stories wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't do a lot of the... Like, so before I moved down here, I was in a house in a neighborhood, like very much a neighborhood. We did get trick-or-treaters, and that was kind of fun. And I didn't decorate, but I had a few things I'd put on the porch or something, mostly just to say, like, it's okay to come to this house. <laughs> you know, like, we're right. open for business. We're Halloween-friendly. Um, so... Yeah. So it was mostly about that for me. Like, I can't even think of anything. Like, the only thing I considered doing this year, because I enjoy doing it, and it's not even a treat thing, because I did eat my pumpkin pie already, um, would be to carve a pumpkin again. Because oh. I think it's so fun to do that. I and, and hate I, carving it doesn't matter, a pumpkin. Doesn't, it won't go out in. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. What do you hate about it? Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. It's just the work and laying down the newspaper and then reality versus <laughs> expectations. And I'm not good at it. And everybody expects me to be good at it. Right, right. The last time I did a pumpkin, I totally copped out. I got two different size drill bits. And yeah. I went all over the pumpkin, putting like a hole in it about the size of a quarter. Yeah, and then I went yeah. around it again, and everywhere where I put a hole the size of a quarter, I put two holes the size of a dime, and I just made a Mickey print pumpkin. Mm, yeah, and it literally took me like ten minutes. But and Beth's like, "You're cheating." And I'm like, "You know, I hate doing this. I only like, <laughs> I only like buying the pumpkin. I like going to the vendor who's trying to get your kids to ride a pony and go down an inflatable slide, and you know they're they're selling. We haven't even talked about apple cider on tonight's show. Mm. I just like the I like the once again I love the pageantry I just like going to the guy that sells you the overpriced pumpkin who six weeks later sells you a crazy overpriced Christmas tree um I like buying. Did you go to when you were in school though? Did you go to the pumpkin patch? Was that like a school? We used that was a field trip. Yeah, for man. Us to go. We went to Huber's farm yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> and you know they like put you on a, a hay ride and you go out and like yeah. all right pick your pumpkin and you know it was like the reject side of the field where they're like well we can't sell these <laughs> to real people so we'll give them to a bunch of stupid kids and so you pick your pumpkin you know you somehow on a field trip you always end up kind of like hanging out with a chick that you'd ignored the whole you know there's like some sort of weird romance on a hay ride that you don't find in algebra you know you're like hey What's up? Wow. What's up? You're see, you were much more advanced, much more mature than I was. I'd be like there with a pumpkin. I'm like, is this too small? We could have picked anyone we want. You're always just a, a stressful little one? guy. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I totally am. Like a nervous muppet. You know, <laughs> just like looking around. Like, oh, I should have got the big one. Why didn't I get the big one? Oh my god. Oh my god. I just was like, pick the first one, and then I was social for like. Just, I to me, it's always just been like, get the first one, get it over with, and then enjoy all. Because at the end of the day, it's a pumpkin. Who cares? Right, right. I think because everything for me revolved around being teased when I got home. <laughs> so, they, you know, I'd get home and then they'd be like, why'd you get that pumpkin? I, mean, I don't know. So you're basically Charlie so. Brown bringing home the Christmas tree? <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, I, I, um, I've never been a super big fan of the pumpkin just because it's... Oh, expectation versus reality. You know, you think you're going to make right, this. Right. I get you think that. you're going to make this cool thing, and then it looks horrible. And, and like, mm-hmm. do you did you ever go to Big Thunder Ranch in Disneyland mm. when they would have the whole big Halloween spread back there, and they'd have the professional pumpkin carvers there? 
Yeah, little stations for different things. Oh my lord, yeah. you want to talk about a useless talent. Those people were so good at something <laughs> that is so pointless. That's so mean. <laughs> hey, what are you good at? I'm good at carving pumpkins. All right, see you yeah. October 15th. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like I, I like getting the inspiration like from the Disney stuff though, because they do do some very nice ones. I mean, they repeat the same ones sometimes every year in that hub. Yeah, but um, it looks so easy, and you think, okay, I can do that. Nope. I see what they did there, nope. and then you go home, and yeah, you don't get that yellow where you just take the the top skin off, and uh, I don't know how they do it. But it's it. fun. I think, it's fun. and the smell makes me think of because um, pumpkin smell is such a different thing than like a pumpkin pie smell. Oh but yeah, it's not even. It's a very distinct not even smell. Related. Yeah, there's got to be a lawsuit <laughs> in there somewhere. Uh, I do like though. Have you ever had roasted, salted pumpkin seeds? Yes, of course, of course. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. That that's the benefit of doing the pumpkins the carved pumpkins well i got newsflash you can just get the seeds and skip the whole song and dance yeah so this year um our big pumpkin vendor normally over on pch you know they bring out rides for the kids and they build the pyramid out of the pumpkins Mm. didn't set up shop this year yeah just sad just not there at all i'm like well fine you don't want our pumpkin money this year i'm not going to give it to you next year Right, right. Yeah, see, that's heartbreaking. Like, that's who I feel is the worst for this year as the kids uh, and all these things that are weird and, and off and terrifying. I feel so. most sorry for me. Well, <laughs> of course, that's <laughs> that's a given. Thanks. I feel most sorry for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so when I look at 2020, here are some things that I enjoy that make it feel fall. Okay. The pumpkin nitro cold cream at Starbucks is a okay. is a must drink drink also the pumpkin cream cheese muffin at starbucks get <laughs> out of here so good a lot of starbucks yeah yeah the candy corpia ice cream from salt and straw you've had that before okay. right i haven't had that one is that a halloween thing they do yeah they do three halloween ice creams one's vegan so i'm not even going to mention it uh the other one is a mocha ice cream that they put chocolate okay. covered bugs in it so you know no. don't do stunt food love your salt and straw but that's too much but the one that they really make that you would enjoy it's a butterscotch ice cream hmm. and they basically put little bits of like a in-house snickers reese's cup uh, just basically all the favorite chocolate you would want in your halloween sack dumped into an ice cream and spun Mm. around and mix so it's like eating a fall flavored ice cream that you just constantly keep getting bite-sized pieces of familiar candies chocolate candies Mm. it's phenomenal that sounds dude maybe i'll have to order it online this year (laughs) (laughs) and i do have to say one of the greatest halloween treats i have ever ever had going back a couple years now at disneyland over in new orleans square uh, at the French market there. Here we go. They had a cream sickle flavored pumpkin beignet. Cream sickle flavored. Yes. Interesting. So, so it tasted orange? Yes. <laughs> it had a citrusy. So basically they took a Mickey shaped beignet. Yeah. Had like a, I, I want to think it had like a little bit of like a pumpkin spice to it, but then it was mm-hmm. coated in a like an orange like sprinkle 
that just gave it like a nice little citrus burst. Um, and I bought a bag of three and my sister-in-law was like, I'll just end up having an ear. So I thought, okay, I'm right. giving my niece one and Vicky's going to get an ear. So I'm really yielding 1.75 of these. Sure. Because if I'd known it would go differently, I would get a six pack. And I gave Vicky an ear, and then the next thing you know, it was completely gone. And I'm like, <laughs> and then my niece's like, I want more. So I'm like, all right, well, you want one of the ears off of mine? So I ended up with less than one. And it was such a phenomenal, phenomenal treat. It was by far the best Halloween item I've ever had at, at, at the resort. Second place would be the peanut butter and jelly mummy donut that I got last year. That was a Disneyland thing? Yeah. It, you, I don't know. Back home, we call it a long john. Out here, people call it a chocolate bar. So, you know, like a... Like maple bar. Yeah, like the long, the long one. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. imagine a long donut, but then Disney size. So, it's like yeah, a little bit longer. Shoe. and Yeah. And much thicker. And then pumping through the middle of this bad boy was a channel of peanut butter and a channel of grape jelly. <laughs> So you're literally <laughs> eating a donut, but you're also eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the same time. Phenomenal. And it, and it looked like a mummy. I, I find the Disneyland donuts, you got to get it early. Yeah. Uh, because it seems like they make those things early and then it sits all day. Or maybe there's a midday replacement or something like that. But that little cart on Main Street is usually where I go because they have a cereal one. But I didn't, I haven't tried that one. It yet. was. Sometimes they're so big. Oh. Like, I'm just like, I, I can't, I'll be sick the rest of the day if I eat that. And I will eat it. Don't even get me started about the Gamma Ray Hulk donut I had uh, oh my gosh. the night that um, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout opened up. Yeah. It was literally. Circular donut size of my head. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those in uh, not the same one, but one in Florida, and I was like, "This is ridiculous. It's too big." And I practically ate the whole thing as I'm complaining oh. and shoving it in my mouth. I'm like, "I can't eat this whole thing. What am I going to do?" For our LA friends, and, and killed it. It's bigger than a Texas size glazed. Yeah. From uh, yeah. what, what? What's the name of that donut place up in uh, Manchester Boulevard? Um, can't think of it. Yeah, I can't think of it either. I know what you're talking with about. the big donut in the parking lot. Randy's? Randy's, yeah, the Texas-sized yeah. glaze. It's a big donut, and I always make my friends mm-hmm. from Europe get them. Like America's crazy, but uh, yep. the the gamma ray donut, obviously because of the gamma rays, much much yes. larger. Um, I will say there was. Have you ever had pumpkin bars? It's like pumpkin pie, kind of, but it's got more of a kind of like a cheesecake consistency. Oh, really? But it's got a crust uh, on the bottom. Very good. I, it's something my mom made. I know a lot of people make it. Oh, so like a homemade deal. It's like a homemade deal. Yeah. But I think they've had a version of it at Disneyland, actually. But I think they called it something else. Um, and then I am a sucker, I will say, for any of the breads, like pumpkin bread oh. or like zucchini oh. bread, like a ridiculously moist bread like that. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. Get out of here. I could just kill it. You know, like, uh I love this time of year a good cold glass of apple cider is is so refreshing um i love when you go to an apple like cider stand you know like a farm or whatever yeah. they got apples and then they also sell or something. yeah they sell like a cake apple donut yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a one-two punch like apples i don't care about you all year but right now you're my you're my best friend yeah so when i was in sacramento there's there's a lot of orchards up there where you do that you go pick your own apples or something and they have a little store yeah or there with the hot apple cider donuts and the 
Uh, I'm not big on apple cider, though. Like, it's fine. Do you like it hot? Do you drink it hot? I'll mess with it hot. I have, you know, living in New York in Canada, in, in yeah. Canada you know, there's sometimes when you prefer it to be hot, but a, I think a cool glass of apple cider gets me in, into the best spot. Now, I've also enjoyed the pumpkin JoJo's that Trader mm-hmm. Joe's Just does. Had those. And I'll say this about yep. Trader Joe's. Can't stand it. Uh, hate the layout. Hate mm-hmm. all of the cartoony food and the signs everywhere and the chaos that it okay. is but it redeems itself with jojo's particularly the pumpkin uh cream cheese jojo's then into the peppermint jojo's for christmas and in fact yeah. once the peppermint yeah. ones come out i stop brushing my teeth i just rip three jojo's yeah. after every meal and then i'm like minty fresh <laughs> ready to go <laughs> taking care of i i do like trader joe's i i don't like the physical store but i do they have some good like special i just end up buying a lot of crap there though when it's i go. like jojo's crap. and yeah yeah it's good stuff though but i hate that how tiny those stores are. i just went recently during this pandemic thing and i'm like oh my gosh suddenly this store feels like you're in someone's closet the thing that drives me nuts is they're trying to be witty and alternative and different so they're like right your right. mom's grocery store does the line straight we're gonna do ours at an angle well, unless you're ring the bell, unless you're going to build a triangle-shaped building, you're just messing with everybody's depth perception. Because you know what, the freezers on the wall are always adjacent to the wall. So now this weird triangle starts, and the cash registers are all at a weird angle. It's just like, yep. come on, you hippies, you, you have an okay product. <laughs> just give me a grid. Man loves the grid since the beginning of mankind. Just give me the grid. That's the charm. It's the charm. It's like when you go on vacation to a small town, and it's the weird grocery store there that kind of has everything but not and always has delicious yeah. fried chicken under a red light <laughs> there you go see um uh, I, somebody told me and i was not able to get my hands on these but i was told i saw them and i didn't pick it up because i was going someplace i'm like i don't know it'll probably melt in the car before i get home yeah yeah whole foods made a pumpkin mm. pie flavored ice cream sandwich Oh, I did see that. I saw a picture, I it think, of that. It looked delicious. I didn't buy it. Somebody on one of my live feeds was like, Bricky, have you had these? I'm like, no, I had it in my cart, and I put it out, and like, we well, made a big mistake. Get it next time. I went to Whole Foods yesterday. Gone. Gone. But I will tell mm. you what I have been ripping from Whole Foods. They make a real, real thin cookie. You know, like, it's so thin, you almost feel like you're, you know, Catholic doing the body of Christ thing. It's like super thin. <laughs> Like a crisp, like a very thin crisp. Yeah, like a crisp, you know, like what they would call a biscuit in the UK. Mm. So it's a real thin cookie, and it is a um, salted caramel. Okay. And I ha- it's like a, I think there's another thing in front of it, but they're real thin. They come in a little box, and dude, don't have a lot of calories, don't have a lot of sugar. Two or three will get you there. Two or three will yeah. get you there, and you're like, I had a little something sweet. I didn't stuff myself. I'm still a strong seven, and you can go about your business. <laughs> That's good. To, is it at the bakery section? So this isn't like a no. It's a package thing. Oh, it is a. Package it's a package thing. thing. Oh, okay. It's in a little box. There's two yeah. two sleeves, two little sleeves. They just two of them, three of them, maybe. Get, just they get me to a good spot, and I'm not complaining. Oh, I'll have to check because I always find Whole Foods like the bakery section looks good, and then you get it home, you're like, nah. Whole Foods bakery section is trash. It's. <laughs> It's all like just like I don't know who they make it for, but like I I only eat a creme brulee or a weird mousse 
when I'm at a restaurant and that's all they serve. I'm certainly mm. not just free willing picking one and putting it in my shopping cart. Like they have a huge bakery section in our brand new Whole Foods around the corner from our house. And yeah, I can't find an item in there that I want. And I love right, sweets. Right. Oh, yeah. Every time I've gotten something, I just, bleh, I'm unhappy with it. I don't know if it's be like, if it's a vegan thing or if it's a, like they take a healthier approach to some of the things. Cause it just tastes real bland and dry. Just and, with their cakes. They're all yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they look like doilies and, and they, <laughs> there's just like a pile of like, like, um, you know, like, uh, 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 what is it you put on top of your pumpkin pie? The, um, Whipped yeah, cream? it's just like it's like a <laughs> pile of whipped cream, and and then it has like fruit mixed into it. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, guys, yeah. whatever happened to a good old fashioned white piece of cake with white icing on it, or a good old piece of yellow cake with black yellow cake, black dark fudgy icing on the top of it. You know who's got it right? Sweet Jills, that place in my neighborhood you want to go to. Oh, the bakery. Oh. Yeah. Oh. My gosh. Sweet Jills will light you up. Just seeing those cookies in the window, I'm like, um, like drawn to sprinkles. My eye just found the sprinkles instantly. Speaking of sprinkles. Yeah. Do you do you like their, their cupcakes? Uh I think they are overrated. They're just like a thing. I wouldn't say it's like the best cupcake I've ever had. It seems like it's mostly frosting. Um, it is a lot and, of frosting. And I think some of the flavors are, are great, um, but uh, I, I never feel compelled to go there. I've been gifted them quite a bit, and, and that's usually when I eat them. But I don't think I – maybe in Orlando I went in once with, a, with some people and, and we got a cupcake. But, ooh, it's hard to get through just one because there's so much frosting on there. There are. When, when that cupcake craze started going nuts, there was a place in New mm-hmm. York City called Crumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Crumbs – their cupcake was literally so big that you would just sit it down and go, all right, yeah. let's do this. You know what I mean? Like it was like, this is going to be a commitment to get through this cupcake, but crumbs was so good and they, they just didn't make it. They, they, they went under. Um, but I, I do have to say the coffee flavored drinks, the pumpkin spice things, the, those yeah. feel good. The, the, the treats feel good. And you know, it's a different kind of year, but a, a few of those will get you in a better headspace. And don't forget, there's years and years of good entertainment. You've never lived in a more convenient time in your life to stream mm. it into your house. So right. it's going to be weird, but we can make the best of it. And if if all else fails this Halloween and you're like just sad and feeling bad for yourself, go ahead and watch episode one of season two of The Mandalorian. <laughs> Treat yourself with that. <laughs> I'm telling you that that has me more excited than anything. Right? That's the only like, thing I'm that living feels for. Like, that is like more exciting than the next Star Wars movie felt uh, these past few years, uh, and I just cannot wait for that. Uh, it makes me it seeing the the previews and stuff makes me feel like a kid. Like it brings back that kid Star Wars feeling, which is very different than the adult Star Wars feeling. <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? Are you going to just watch like a video that recaps season one? Are you going to go back and watch season one? Like, are you going to just go in dry? Like, work me through your Mando season two get ready system. I think 
I'm good. Like I just, I watched it. <clears throat> excuse me. I watched it a few months ago. I rewatched the whole thing a few months ago. I think at the sort of, not the beginning of the pandemic, but when I was getting like low on things to watch. Yeah. Um, so I just rewatched it and uh, held up great. I think um, the good ones are even better. The the weaker ones were the same. Um, but I, I don't feel like uh, going into the season that we have to catch up on anything like it it doesn't feel like there's so much story in here that we don't know i feel like this season is going to go that way more where it's going to be much more um you know less like here's the characters and their situation and more into the story i'm hoping um but we'll see no so i probably won't rewatch uh the the whole season maybe the last few episodes or or pick the ones i i kind of want to watch again i was thinking about just to get my head right and get the pace maybe eight days out to start watching one a day, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. banging that drum. And I really do love that show. I, I love the theme song and yeah, I, I love at the end of the episode, whether they reverse engineer it or not. I love the concept art at the end and yep. how like the music gets real big, you know, and, and yeah, feels yeah. very old school. Um, it'll just be nice to have that level of, of new content because you know there there are some things that were still in the can that, that have been good but it's been a year of mediocrity so to get something that has because i mean dude it it was a summer without a summer movie mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean there there really wasn't any of those big movies um to to partake in so this will be the first big like you know, action, drama, sci-fi thing. And, and it just makes it even sweeter that it's from my favorite part of new star Wars. Like I just, I love all of this so much more. And, you know, it's made by people my age for people my age. So it kind of makes sense right. why I would love this more than the last three movies. Can you imagine a future though, where, where that's what, um, you know, like think of a future without movie theaters um, and that here comes the big thing that's going to stream tomorrow. Like, do you see that as being as exciting? Like, I am excited about, about you know, the, the, the Mandalorian and, and having it premiere. But do you feel like that would be such a separate thing if this was like the last Avengers film is going to be, you know, streaming tomorrow? I don't know, because it was fun. Like, Jared, I just bought two tickets for us to go see Star Wars. And then, like, right, meeting right. you and buying the snacks and getting in our seat. Like, you know, and then afterwards, you and I are just kind of... Now we're kind of stuck together hanging out at a mall, having fun and doing some Christmas shopping. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like... Yeah. you. I didn't just watch it. You didn't just watch it. And we didn't, like, text each other. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, we turned it into exactly. a whole afternoon in December, which made it fun. And then I got into right. an argument with that girl about how she was treating her dog. And everybody, <laughs> <laughs> right. everybody at the mall was staring at me. Um, oh, the holidays. Oh, I love them. So, speaking of the holidays... Where are you at mentally? Are you prepared for a Disneylandless Christmas season? Um, I think so. I, I'm not happy about it, but um, I, I'm because I don't think if anything, even if they opened now, I don't think I, I don't think I'd go. <laughs> you don't so, want to see all the little uh, children in Small World with their face mask on, with their masks on, everything. Yeah. Um. So I think I've been preparing. I've been worried about Christmas from day one. Yeah. That has been my concern, um, and I'm even a little nervous about going home and what that means and what's safe and all that stuff. So, I this year has made me much more sentimental about the family stuff and just seeing my family and stuff, and less about 
sort of the act like i'll trade in the disneyland stuff if i could safely go home or, or things like that so you know in some ways that's kind of nice because you it feels like it's temporary we'll have this we'll have christmas next year i think um but um i i think i've been bracing myself for all of this stuff being sort of canceled this year well they made a new small world song for this year it goes it's a world of fear 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 we have all had such a very bad year it's a world of fear it's a world of fear and it's it's, it's pretty catchy i mean yeah. they need to do something easy with all the, the kids having their mouth covered with the mask so you could still hear the chomping. Is that the holiday version? Is that the... the- <laughs> yeah, and it goes into fairy year, fairy year, fairy, fairy year. Um, yeah, I think mentally too, for a while, I've just kind of been like, you know, because I've been predicting for a long time, like once I kind of did a calendar and I looked at mm-hmm. how divisive the election was going to be and pandemic doing a collab with flu season, I'm just like, right. if they don't get the park open by September or October, then that just really indicates that they're waiting for a lot of stuff to pass and it'll probably happen early 21 or spring you know what i mean like i just so mm-hmm. i i think probably sometime around fourth of july i was kind of like yeah this probably this probably ain't gonna happen you know i gave myself a window and once i saw that window close i'm like now the next appropriate window would maybe be march or april somewhere in that, that right. ballpark which right always makes people unhappy when you tell them the truth um just to sort of end on something somewhat positive looking into the future you know they did announce disney announced these are projects that were so far into them it would not make sense to stop them obviously uh, avengers campus is going to get wrapped up and my prediction would be the parks would open and then maybe six months later that would open. I mean, there's really no reason mm-hmm. to open with a new land when you're already at uh, a, a maximum 25% capacity. So I feel right, like Avengers right. Campus is, it's for sure happening, but it's on the down the road. But as I've been going to the park once a week and still doing my victory laps around it, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is actually mm-hmm. going pretty full steam, if you will, on them building the show building. And I just thought it'd be fun real quick to sort of talk about when that opens up in 23. One, I mean, you're excited for this, right? Like this is at the, this is like peak Disneyland for you, correct? Uh, The ride itself being in Toontown. I am thrilled about it. I I don't know that it's, um, we'll see. I I have a feeling I'm going to go on it in Florida before I go on it here. Oh, you just (laughs) think that that's the way that life will work out for you? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, but uh, I am thrilled because to me that extends the life of Toontown, yeah, me too. which uh, which I, I'm thrilled about. And, and I think it, it needed something. Um, and from what I've seen, I haven't seen much, but from what I've seen and heard, it's a great ride. And I think it's a perfect thing for back there. It makes sense. It's not like they're, you know, force fitting something in there just because that's where the real estate is. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a great addition to it. I, I'm excited about it, but um, it still feels very low key to me. And maybe that's the timing for even with Florida, like the the sort of hustle and bustle around it kind of came and went fast. Yeah, they kind of got cheated because their opening window, mm-hmm. their opening window in Florida was a little bit flawed because it was right after Rise of the Resistance opened up. Out here, which literally took yeah. all of the air out of the Disney fan culture, then they opened it up, and you know, as they were literally circulating people through it, the March thirteenth 
closure of the mm-hmm. parks happened or 14th for Walt right. Disney World. So it literally didn't, it was just overshadowed the whole time. But I, I, I feel like, call me crazy, and granted, I, you know, I've never been to Hollywood Studios, but I've obviously watched enough videos about it uh, and read enough blogs mm-hmm. about it to understand how it's laid out. Once again, I just kind of feel like Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland is a better fit than Hollywood Studios, and I think putting this attraction in the back end of Toontown, like the back corner of Disneyland, it just it feels better to me than being like up front in the center of Hollywood Studios. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree because it's a weird, um, it's a weird fit in Hollywood Studios right. just because of the ride it took over. Um, I, I think it's fine, but um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and I, I think it's perfect in Toontown and um, uh, like front to back of the park. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a draw now to that very back corner that there never has been before. Yeah, and really, it now once they can get something happening over on. Tomorrowland. I mean, Tomorrowland, even though it's in rough shape, it's always drawn in big crowds because it mm-hmm. skews a little bit more, you know, older kid or, you know, family, right. you know, people really do love Space Mountain and you, you can't keep people away from Launch Bay. But <laughs> I really feel like putting um, Mickey and Minnie uh, Runaway Railway up in the very top corner of Toontown. Now the park has big anchors all over, right? So, the park mm-hmm. will finally be equally weighted all the way around for for a while it, it just it, it wasn't that way so it's kind of cool that there's now like a big draw like literally on the entire outside perimeter of the park yep for sure yeah i know i'm thrilled i'm thrilled because uh, like i said it, it guarantees that toontown will stay there and maybe even get something else uh you know to keep kind of making that grow as opposed to just kind of uh knocking it down or, or putting something else in there. Yeah, and so, I, think, yeah. I think it's an I mean, important I'm, part of the park. And, you know, so many people complain about it because it's not for them. But I think if you you look at Toontown realistically, and if you go in there and you see the joy of kids being able to, like, mm-hmm. finally run loose and blow off some of that steam after being submerged in magic for the last four or five hours, like, if you're anti-Toontown, you're just not really thinking about how Disneyland is supposed to be for the family and there's supposed to be something for everyone. And, you know, even though I've never rode Gadget's Go Coaster, I'm sure that's important yeah. to some people. And, you know, if if anything there was going to go, and this probably makes me unpopular, I, I feel like the Roger Rabbit attraction at some point could be evolved into something else because it, it really feels like it's kind of the one attraction you never hear anybody talk about or mention like it I, I almost feel like it's an oddity that it's even in the park uh yeah i mean well that's the whole thrust of toontown really is roger rabbit um i i am glad that it exists in the disney world because there's so little and, and it sounds like there's some weird negotiation stuff with spielberg and, and amblin and, and that's what keeps it sort of at bay um, because they don't do anything with that property ever so i'm glad that that exists and it's an elaborate ride an elaborate queue and everything which is nice i could see them maybe plussing it it's it's long overdue i think for some refurb stuff but but just like toad and other things where i don't think kids have a connection to it other than that it's a ride at disneyland um you know it kind of keeps the property somewhat alive but yeah, I, I, I get that. It's a terrible weight. It's a terrible line it's for that ride. So, can, you literally think like, oh, we can walk right in the door. We're going to get on this thing. Yeah. And then you're like trapped forever. Half hour later, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to me because when you ask people like, oh, well, like, you know, 
What are some of your favorite dark rides at Disneyland? People will even like rattle off Winnie the Pooh before they rattle that one off. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like it's it's like every retail space has this weird corner that like you can take your hottest item and put it in that corner and then it will stop selling. And I just almost feel like Roger Rabbit's is doing one of those weird angles where it's too far behind that fountain, it's too far on the other side of that little like park. It's it's on your you know when you're walking into Toontown, you're looking to the left, not to the right. Like I just feel like it's in one of those sort of like no man land where like I literally went to the park for 2 years before I even knew it was there. Yeah. <laughs> see, I think I have such a great affection for Roger Rabbit that I would never want to see that thing leave. I want it to be plussed. But, um, you know, that is the reason why that, that that area exists is because of Roger Rabbit. So it'd be sad. It would be really sad to see him go and, like, not be in the park at all. I mean, it is an interesting ride in the in the sort of, when you look at the bigger picture of Dark yeah. Rides, to have that Jessica Rabbit in there. And yeah. Like, Um, so yeah yeah, I'd be sad to see it go but I I think I obviously have more affection for you I never write it but I'm glad that it's there (laughs) perfect what an endorsement I'm sure they would love that yep Uh, and real quick before we part ways tonight some of your Wonderground merchandise has found its way into the new Studio 17 store right the backlot store right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the Haunted Mansion stuff. But I think the Haunted Mansion stuff had been appearing in like uh, Disneyana and things like that. So that did get bumped over, I think, because it's a Halloween store and it makes sense there. But there's a few other artists that are in there, too, that um, it's not necessarily Halloween stuff, but they moved some in there. So, you know, maybe they'll start trickling. That's a perfect it's 10, spot 10,000 square it. feet, man. They got plenty of room in there to do a little kiosk yeah, or so like a little store in store. Do a corner, throw Wonderground in there or, or sprinkle it throughout yeah. where it makes sense. Um I think that's the best way that they can do it right now. Even maybe more effective than having its own gallery that people could just walk by. True. If it's mixed in with the other stuff that they're looking at, they might pick up a haunted mansion thing. You know, when they're buying gifts or something. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we see more. You're of You're right because to commit to going into an art store is to commit to going into an art store. But if you're just going to see what the new holiday merchandise is, and then you go past yeah. like you know uh, a print that you did of um, you know Mickey, and like oh. We could send that to, to Tabitha because mm-hmm. she doesn't live right. here and she would like that. Oh, oh, Tabitha. She would like that hanging on her wall in her house. All right. So my final question for you is this. If you could yeah. recommend one fall treat for people to have on Halloween night to make it feel right, mm. what would that treat be? Uh, so not a Disneyland treat, just a treat in general. Well, I mean, something realistic. Don't tell these people to break <clears throat> into Disneyland to get a candy apple. Yeah, see, I was going to go with funnel cake. I didn't mention funnel cake. And they always do a seasonal funnel cake, which is just the most amazing thing ever. Where do you buy those at? Over uh, next to Riverbell Terrace? Hungry Bear. Hungry, oh, Hungry, Hungry Bear, Bear always carries a seasonal, like, year-round. They do a regular one and then, a, like, a special specialty one. Um, let me think. Let me think. I can't even, like, watch Charlie Brown special. That's what oh, I right. do every That's year. That's good. Uh, a couple of times. Um carve a pumpkin and then just eat candy i guess because i don't really have a like at home it's so hard and you don't want to spend too much time making something because i don't make a lot of stuff i don't know if you do does uh does your wife bake a lot come on get out of here get out of here dude get out of here. You just got the gluten the only thing i'm out i'm out committing food adultery to make it feel like halloween what are you talking about <laughs> So yeah, don't waste your time. You know, spend time with your family. Do an activity. Don't spend your time uh, doing that. Or do the here. You know, this is what I was going to show you, and I never, never did. Go out and get this: a fruity pebbles candy bar. Whoa, white chocolate. 
white chocolate fruity pebbles mixed in got this at walmart it's a new thing haven't even tried it yet i'll save that for no, halloween no. you eat that right now in front of me i want to i want to see you eat it oh this is like porn yeah oh my god okay see it's very i want a live review make, right eat now. it into the microphone if you have misophonia we'll see you next week okay look at this all right i can see the i'm gonna i'm pinning your video so i don't see my ugly face and i just see you Okay. Right? So it's divided into fours, like you're really going to eat one square. He took his first bite. He's chewing. Inquisitive. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the stressful Muppet look a little bit more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if he was a Muppet right now, he'd have one eyebrow. Not bad. Predictably very sweet, right? Anything white chocolate gets like... It gets out of control. That's all it is. But it has that... It definitely has that Fruity Pebbles that tastes nothing like any fruit you've ever had. But that distinct fruit flavor is in there. So if you like fruity pebbles, it's like if you added sugar to your fruity pebbles. Oh, perfect! <laughs> now, are you getting? Yeah. Are you getting the crisp of the fruity pebbles in yes. your bites? For sure, it's like a uh, like a crackle bar. Or something oh, okay. Like that. It's got that kind like of texture like it. that. So, mm-hmm. actually, really good. The, but the primary taste is the fruity pebbles, which is what it should be. Because uh, I don't think white chocolate has much of a flavor. Yeah, it's just kind of a glue. It's like a sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of so, it's yeah. kind of a tool to get other things into your mouth. If you like fruity pebbles, if you like that slightly chemical fruit taste, you'd like this. Maybe. Do they make yeah. it in the cocoa pebbles version with dark chocolate? Uh, I have not seen it, but that would make sense. But then it is kind of like a crackle bar. But um, yeah, but if they put Fred and Barney on the outside, no lawsuit. That's right. Then it's something very different. Yeah. So, so I have something uh, to tell you. Okay. I do this little tradition where I put in the day's date in my photos on my phone to just look back at what my yeah. life used to look like. And right, it was a year right. ago that you and I were at Disneyland. And yeah. it was like super close to Halloween, obviously, because it was like a year ago this week. And remember we went into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and there was nobody mm. in there. Like we literally yeah. just started ripping pics with nobody in the background. And it was right. just because everybody was going to where Halloween stuff was. And they had no Halloween offerings. The only smugglers run was open. And I just remember me and you sitting at that picnic table outside Docking Bay 7. Just like, man, why don't people love this place like we do? Yes. Yes. I, I remember it well. We got some great pictures of the uh, shopping yeah. area, the little the stores, yeah. and nobody was in there. And you get to really see everything. Amazing. I, I miss it. I miss it very much. We were much. actually there so late that night that that was the night that you and I, we took photos of us in front of the Oogie Boogie sign. In front mm-hmm. of DCA with zero people behind us. And I remember I saved that photo to the day after Halloween. I was like, hey, where'd everybody go? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Gosh, I don't even remember what we did that. I remember we were there very late. Shut I, down, I assume man. we closed the yeah. park because we got kicked out of Star Wars yep. land. I mean, we were sort of escorted out of Star Wars land. And then because uh, I remember I think I was wearing my uh, Mickey Mouse vampire yeah, yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was also we went and we went to um, Disney Anna. You had some new stuff that you hadn't seen in there yet mm, yeah, and we yeah, took yeah, some yeah. Fo- took some right. photos in there because you had new products that dropped and i remember that we i was like hey we need to stay in galaxy's edge until you hear there we're closed but main street is still opening like you can shop with the, <laughs> right. the uh, off-planet vendors over on main street yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh jared those were the That's days making me sad really really i always like to end on a side note <laughs> a little sad Charlie Brown music <laughs> playing there. <laughs> With like a Millennium Falcon flying over. 
<laughs> just that little sad Charlie Brown music and then just Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that the memories you've made will bring you back again soon.